Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So Chris and I are here today to redo one of our very first podcast when we first started out I remember back in the day when we were just doing this thing and I had promises of by episode 100 I would finally get the audio figured out so hopefully this is a little bit better um, I actually went back and listened to our post-show episode and I was just the audio was terrible so we're gonna redo it but we're gonna put a new spin on post-show and how to battle that and I think that along the way even just since you know, those 100 almost episodes, we've, you know, experienced different things ourselves and we've seen our clients experience different things. And we're all about sharing our fails and um, anything that we learn so that you can be better prepared. And what better time to talk about preparing for post-show when we have our team show on Saturday. So we have a lot of our athletes that are finally getting on stage this year, which is super exciting. Um, And I just wanted to put this out there so that, you know, they would know that they aren't alone in what some things that they're going to go through after the show. It can be kind of a whirlwind for especially a first time competitor um, because you've had so many lifestyle changes and there are so many adaptations biologically with your body, physiologically. And it's, it can be a very big challenging thing. So we felt like it was necessary to revisit that. And I wanted to start off the show with both of us kind of sharing our worst post-show experience and then also sort of our best. So why don't you start, Chris, uh, with your worst and your best post-show experiences? Sure. So, uh, it, it's probably a tie between my first and second show of <laughs> how bad my reverse was. Um, but I just remember very much having the mentality of entitlement because uh, I had, you know, you have dieted, you've had, you've pushed your body, you've restricted yourself. Um, you've made a lot of changes to your lifestyle, especially, especially if it's your first show, first or second show, it's like a big adjustment. And so you feel like you've accomplished a lot, even like just getting on stage. And so I remember thinking about, uh, like finally being able to like eat a lot of these foods that I didn't have when I was dieting and almost looking at it as a reward for getting up on stage. So I was like, okay, I worked so hard. Here's my laundry list of all the foods that I'm going to enjoy now that I've hit this goal. And uh, probably the worst thing was eating lots of high sugary foods uh, right after my show because uh, I mean, for a lot of us, especially those of us with like a crazy sweet tooth, Uh, It can just be an avalanche of almost like a sugar addiction where once you start eating it, you can't stop. And then, uh, you know, I would go through the mentality of like, okay, well, I'll just finish this bag of M&Ms or this half gallon of ice cream and then I won't have it anymore. But uh, it would lead into the weeks like I would get on plan for or, or try and eat like whole foods for maybe like half the day. And then by the evening time, I was craving those sweets again. So like 
old habits and old patterns kind of like resurfaced because uh, I just put like those high sugary foods as a priority of the things that I was going to eat post-show right away. And then it made it very hard for me to uh, stay away from those things and not overeat on them in my reverse diet. So my body definitely took a hit um, as far as like gaining some fat and some weight gain pretty quickly um, sometimes having like digestive issues. So that's probably my, that was probably my worst decision was like prioritizing those sweets. Um, but recently I did have a really good reverse where, um, instead of focusing on the foods that I was missing out on, um, I actually really missed eating like high volume meals. Uh, so I kind of focused on that instead of like, okay, now in my reverse, I'm able to eat a lot more veggies and a lot more protein. And if I focus on whole carbohydrates, I can have a huge volume on my plate. And um, that was a sensation that I had missed while I was dieting. So I focused on that instead and it actually uh, helped keep me full. And um, it also helped me uh, just, I think shy away from like kind of getting pulled into those trigger foods again. And I knew this time around that um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be stuck in that trap of like trying to deny myself like, or pull myself out of like eating a lot of sugary foods. And I wanted to have a healthy body image. I didn't want to feel like super fluffy and disappointed after my show that my body just didn't maintain the way that I wanted to. Like I wanted to have a healthy physique and I wanted to like how I looked post-show. So I was able to kind of focus on rearranging uh, my food choices that way. And I think that really helped. Yeah. And so my worst experience, and I think I talked about this in our first episode, I totally (laughs) had the most restrictive diet. And so it completely backfired on me. And I just went into treat yourself mode. Uh, (laughs) And I literally that night ate an entire pie, an entire bag of chocolate, I went out to eat, I had, you know, gone completely off of alcohol 100%. And I had, you know, went bonkers, like, I mean, I mentioned I filled up my trophy with beer. Um, (laughs) I literally went out to eat. I had fries. Like, I had all these things. I woke up the next morning 15 pounds over my stage weight. I couldn't walk. My ankles were so swollen. I couldn't see the bones. I had edema so bad. Um, I can't imagine what it did to my blood pressure. Uh, It was a nightmare. And what I think... Where we both, you know, I've always been your coach, but I think we were both, we started back in the day <laughs> in the old school <laughs> where it was like completely acceptable and it was just the cultural norm in bodybuilding to do a 12 week prep and then be done yeah. with your coach. And that was yep. it. And you had no support after the show, which for me, that was where I always need the most support. And yes. it was like, a free for all because the chains are off. You, I had this list of places that I wanted to go and eat. And I literally went to like every single restaurant, yep. checked off all those boxes. Like I've been the person that packed the suitcase full of probably <gasps> every flavor of quest bar, pop tart, whatever you need, yes. like entire jars of peanut butter. That was me. <laughs> I was hoarding this food 
and then I would save it for after. And it's like, yeah, because I restricted so hard on those really, really early on preps, and I didn't allow for those things to be eaten every day. Um, it really gave that bad boy mentality to those yeah. foods and it made me want them more. And then when my body craved sugar, which it hadn't been exposed to it, it had, I've been eating like quote unquote clean foods for so long that it was a storm like no other. Yeah. I, you already are primed up for the biggest cravings of your life post-show. Your body fat's low, leptin, your satiety hormone is super low. It's released by your fat cells. So when you're that lean, you have zero satiety hormone for at least six to eight weeks. And your ghrelin, your hunger hormone is crazy high. So not only are you fighting that, uh, you're also fighting the metabolic adaptations that occurred because your metabolism has downregulated. You've done more cardio low calories for a long time. So your hormones will downregulate. You'll get that progesterone steal, making yourself more estrogen dominant. Your cortisol is high. You have less muscle. Uh, there's so many things working against your favor and you've had yeah. all of these adaptations and then you go into it like I did in the beginning and you are primed up to overshoot your body fat. So not only are you going to gain back the weight that you lost during that contest prep, but you're probably going to overshoot and gain more, uh, yeah. as scary as that is. So I'm not trying to put this out there to, I'm just telling you from my experience. Be afraid. No, I have been there. <laughs> like I'm not trying to uh, fear monger here, but I, I can tell you that my best post-show experiences were the ones that I drove right up into maintenance calories and mm -hmm. I just focused on having high fiber, having my guns blazing, having all of my food prepped ready to go on Monday and making sure that my protein was higher, that I'm having complex carbohydrates and like you said, just focusing on more food and focusing on those whole foods that will nourish my body. Um, and just having like pride in myself, you know, and like you yeah. said, not that entitlement mentality, like, oh, because I worked so hard, that does not all go away. Like there, you had to work that hard to get there. So to right. maintain that, it's going to take work. And if you want to continue to be excellent, then you're going to have to make excellent decisions. And unfortunately, yes. your hormones are, are pretty much working against you. Um, yeah. so you have to be extra diligent within that six to eight week window until things sort of calm down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, what are your thoughts in regards to just the mental side and because a lot of times like competitors yeah. will say, Oh, I just need a mental break. Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think that's actually really important because, um, you know, like most of society, you will hear that they have a diet mentality of like they're going to calorie restrict and then once they hit their goal weight, then they can go back to eating the way that they want. And you can kind of apply that to this situation as well, too, where a lot of competitors walk into a prep and they, they have that, you know, I mean, it's very much ingrained in us of like, okay, now I'm going to restrict and then afterwards I can revert back. Um, or they say like, 
you know, I'm going to go back to quote unquote normal. And I think that's just a really, uh, it's a skewed way to look at it because, um, there, the way that you look at food and the way that you look at your habits is really going to, uh, affect how you behave with food and with your, uh, meal habits. So, um, I think if you, if we're like looking at food and nutrition and we're taking into consideration how our, our body is at that time, I think sometimes education is like most important, uh, and making like positive choices with our food so that we're feeling our best because that's the other thing is I remember like feeling like garbage the next day, like food hangovers are not fun. Um, yes. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think if, uh, we look at it that way, um, that it can really, really help. And, um, I think also like what you say is super important too. So if you're making lists of foods that you're going to eat, like we did and like shoving your suitcase full of all those foods so that you can, (laughs) I remember at universe, you had a whole suitcase of all of your post-show treats. I, had M- I was like, what's I had in here? You're like, M&M. oh, those are just, that's just some food. <laughs> it was like an entire suitcase. It <laughs> no was judgment because I've been there. That's no, awful. yeah. And I'm like, do you want, what kind of M&M do you want? I was like peddling M&Ms out of my suitcase. <laughs> I had every flavor. It was so bad. <laughs> but I think if, uh, like, if that's your focus um, and you have those things right in front of you, I mean, it's just going to be a myriad of, of problems afterwards. So knowing that, um, you it's not like a restriction and then you go back to normal but that there's like a post-show trend that needs to follow so that you could feel really healthy and who wants to like step off of stage and feel accomplished and then the next couple weeks feel really bad about themselves because now they can't get it they can't get their food cravings under control because they've eaten a lot of sugary things and then they're feeling like their body is bloated and fluffy and um I just really think that protecting your mentality in all aspects of this is, is super important. And it's good for people to know who are going through it the first time. Yeah. And I mean, it's never perfect. Like I can tell you last year after um, North Americans, I mean, I had all intentions of, you know, being really good on my diet. And I actually planned a, a 15 and a 15th anniversary trip with my husband. And I just kind of got cocky, like, Oh, I've got this, you know, but When you're on vacation and when you plan a vacation right after, that's another thing that can really uh, set, I mean, it set me up for failure because I ended up staying up later than I needed to. I wasn't taking care of um, properly feeling my body every two to three hours. You really have to feed yourself like a baby for those first six to eight weeks. And you have to really keep your blood sugars under control because like for me and with most of my athletes, I'll say... Now, it always depends on what their next goal is, but, like, I'll usually say, you know, have a, a celebration meal within reason, like, with your family or friends um, after the show, and mm-hmm. make sure you get super hydrated because, you know, that's super important yeah. as well. Um, and then, you know, you can, like, wake up, you know, have, like, some pancakes or a breakfast that's fun, um, you know, and then you could do, like, a reasonable lunch um, yeah, you know, there's certain restaurants that my family, like we like to go to that, you know, some of the foods on the the menu might not be like super prep friendly. 
So we'll just have like those basic three meals and I'll make sure that I have like little snacks in between that are high in protein. Uh, I'll make sure that I do extra veggies. I always order veggies with all of my meals too, just so that I feel extra full. And then, yeah, yeah just hop right back on it on Monday um, because it takes about 10 to 14 days, I think, too. If you do have like a dessert or something like that, um, getting that sugar out of your system will yeah. take a detox process. You'll have a headache. That's yeah. very common. Um, I just want people to know that you need to push extra water the week yeah. after the show. And then as a coach, I like to deload my athletes. So I give them a deload week. And basically that is, you know, for me, I, I feel like after the high calorie stuff, I want to train legs really hard on Monday, but just keep in mind that you're super sore. So sometimes just movements better. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes on Mon on a Sunday, I'll, I'll just kind of like focus on steps and getting like a lot of long walks um, so that I can kind of get push some of that, you know, inflammation and uh, maybe any swelling or watery tension that I had for mm -hmm. getting extra carbs that night. Um, but yeah, it's it's more of like you're, you're going to do about 10 percent less of the weight you would normally do. Uh, they're going to be higher repetition and it's just going to be a little bit less. So like if they did six days a week, they'll probably do four. Um, we'll taper back on cardio. We'll make it list versus hit because mm -hmm. when you show prep peak week, the week before that you are severely overreaching, you're pushing yeah. it to the max and your CNS is going to be super taxed. So it's important to have a deload week. Um, and then that, that guilt cycle kind of gets in there. I think with a lot of us, uh, just with the way our brains work, we figure, oh, okay, well, I did all this bad food, so now I need to erase that by doing extra cardio or something like that. But uh, really just keeping in check with staying on time with your meal timing, keeping fiber high, protein high, and then really sticking to like allowing yourself to deload and um, more on movement. Do you have any thoughts on like the week after kind of recovery-wise? Um, yeah, I think like... I remember feeling like really good about my, cause you have all the glycogen in your muscles. So I remember feeling like, Oh my gosh, yeah. like my, I look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but I remember like my, it took a little bit for my efforts to come back in the gym. That was just me personally. Uh, so, but I know a lot of people are super excited. They just want to get back in the gym. They want to get back to like, they have a new high of like accomplishing something. So uh, yeah, I think just like being kind to your body, like it's, it's a lot that peak weeks a lot on your physique and, um, and show day, show day. There's a lot that happens. There's a lot of like nervousness and anxiety and your hormones are responding on that day too. So giving yourself like a little bit of grace the following week's good. And I would say the biggest thing, uh, that's actually helped me the next week, um, or even just traveling is like you had mentioned is making sure your food is prepped. Um, I'll eat, I'll cook like bulk protein or, uh, bulk, bulk carbohydrates and have like tons of bags of frozen veggies all in my freezer when I get home. So mm -hmm. I don't have to think about like, what am I going to, now I have to run to the grocery store and now I have to bring it back home and cook it and prepare it and portion it out. Like I do, yeah, that's all there. 
Yeah, that's there and that's waiting for me. And it also helps you make a better decision Mm -hmm. um, so that you're not in that like, okay, uh, I could go. I don't have time to go out and do this or that's going to take extra time. I'll just order something. Um, And a lot of us are coming back from a weekend show and then we're getting back to work. So really making sure that your food is prepped. And I even bring extra meals for me um, with whole food options uh, for the day after my show, even if I'm traveling, because if I have that option, I'll be less likely to be making poor choices. And, um, you know, if worse comes to worst and you go out to a restaurant and you have like a salad with some nice protein on it, instead of like your baggie of broccoli and grilled chicken, like, okay, that's fine. You have like one meal that you didn't eat, but it's there just in the off chance that you don't have that option. So I always say be overprepared in that respect, um, especially because it's, it's hard to make those decisions when your body's like cueing you to just like eat everything. So having it available is key. Yeah, I think with travel, you really have to be ready for that kind of stuff. So I like to prepare my athletes way in advance. Uh, I know sometimes it can be a lot to think about, especially if you're a new competitor, like just kind of tackling peak week show day. There's so much going on that week. But I do think that it's important. I've learned over the years that I just would prefer personally my reverse diet to be um, given to me a week ahead of time so that before I even leave, like you said, portion out um, the proteins that I want and then making sure I have those veggies on hand and I have all the groceries ready to go um, so that I don't have to I can just relax on Sunday go have those like you know meals that are untracked but within reason and then I don't have to worry about because I'm going to be ready to go on Monday because you really do have to be ready to go I can't stress that enough and so I want to talk about just kind of our endomorphs. You all know that we did our, you know, body shape um, podcast. And the endomorphs, I find that they really struggle post-show in um, because it's some of the times their their appetite, it doesn't quite match their metabolism. Um, right. And then when they're in the situation of post-show, that's heightened anyways. Their hunger is higher, you know, and they're more primed to gain body fat, but endomorphs I find have a really hard time, you know, sticking, not only sticking to the reverse, but, um, dealing with those cravings and things like that. So, uh, there's a couple of different ways. We know that it's not a one size fits all when it comes to a post-show reverse and so much of this. And I will tell you the number one key factor to being successful is having your next step goal established before you even step on stage. Um, That's a good point. I mean, it could be a plan A or a plan B because you don't know if you're going to get nationally qualified or you don't know if you're going to get your pro card if you're on a national stage. But being ready that you know that you're going to level up or do something um, ahead, it kind of helps keep things in perspective uh, the ones that I find really struggle, the ones that just say they want a mental break and that they don't really have a goal left in mind, um, you know, there's no carrot. You know, you're not going to step on stage. Have yeah. naked. So these things creep in, <laughs> you know, they do. I've been there. I, I know that if you don't have a goal set in place of 
even if it's just like you're going to take a year off and you're going to try to do an improvement season, you need right. to have some sort of focus and direction as to where you're going to go after this. Otherwise, you will feel completely lost. I realize I yeah. kind of went on a tangent. <laughs> Did you no. want to um, talk about some of the different ways that we deal with like, well, let's kind of go over, first of all, like what a recovery diet is when we kind of implement maintenance calories after the show or, um, and kind of why we've steered away from doing a slow, gradual reverse, um, just because of those implications. So I'm going to explain the first one, uh, because I think that our methodology has changed quite a bit, um, over the last couple of years. So we used to do a reverse diet where we'd go really slow, incremental, um, adding in like a little bit of calories every week. But what I was finding is that females were completely cheating on their diet because all it was doing yeah. was extending their prep so much longer. And if you think about the prep, how much time you take during a prep, those that entire adaptation period, you need that much time to recover for your hormones to get back into um, a baseline where you stop feeling these crazy, uncontrollable. It's like you don't have control of your. Yeah. Um, I, I can't explain it. It's like the hunger beast is the only way that I can describe it. So yeah. what I found is it puts people in a more successful situation is that uh, they basically, I just drive them right up into maintenance calories. And so just be aware that that's not going to be the maintenance calories that you previously had. Your weight is lower. So that lowers your metabolic rate um, and you've had all these adaptations. So your maintenance calories are going to be much lower than what they previously were. So although we're not doing like a slow incremental, like here's 10 carbs, here's another 10 carbs every week, we're doing about 100 to 200 calories more. Um, you know, we're not going to throw in like automatically 500 calories. Otherwise, as a female, you're just going to gain weight. Um but I guess that kind of goes into the recovery diet. So there's certain situations uh, where we implement the recovery diet. We know that the athlete's going to be taking like a long time. That Maybe they've been in a dieting phase for over a year. It's been really mm-hmm. rough on them. Um, and we really just need to get their hormones back as soon as possible. Um, then we implement that. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm rambling. Just stop me and <laughs> kind of interject. <laughs> Some of your thoughts on uh, how we've kind of changed these these items. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, looking at your overall health and making sure that that gets back to baseline as quickly as possible is the main goal of why we kind of fix those or change that approach. Uh, some women, like, it's, a, it's more about getting their menstrual cycle back. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I... I know you were saying like about setting a goal and not and saying that you need a mental break is not necessarily setting a goal. Um, that was like one thing that actually like helped me is that, you know, I went into a recovery diet, but my goal was to like get my menstrual cycle back. And my goal was to take a long improvement season uh, just to get, you know, my body back to um not like super shredded because it's not healthy to be shredded that long. That's the other thing I think people um, sometimes look at when they're reverse dieting. It's like, okay, well um, I'm going to eat all of these foods, but I don't want to see my body change. So just know that like 
it is healthy to have some body fat on there as well too and focusing on overall health and making sure that you're uh you're you know choosing whole foods to supplement or to support that goal um i think is a lot of like what we had adjusted and i've seen it work really positively for me so um yeah definitely bank some time for your your reverse diet with a coach and don't just jump on the show and then jump off the uh don't jump off the deep end i guess yeah and then the last thing i wanted to talk about was just blood work in general so if you're looking to kind of assess because the thyroid down regulates uh, sometimes you can get you know some estrogen dominance because of low progesterone uh, testosterone obviously is lowered as well all of these things are going to be completely especially like thyroid numbers um, they're going to be really off I mean it's going to show in the blood work if you were to take you know all of the competitors blood work right after a show I'd say probably 90% of them have like suppressed thyroid and things like that so yeah uh give yourself at least six weeks post show to do any blood work I do think at that point it's a good time to assess especially if there you feel like there's some sort of problem so I mean for me I don't typically lose my period um but I mean that would be a huge indicator for a female that they would want to get you know those types of things checked uh about six weeks post show and kind of see where they're deficient um but as far as like blood work and how this all kind of recovers, I think that it takes about six months. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, I guess that's because most of my competitors, they take about, we do like a slow, like one pound a week weight loss, or we do uh, like a quarter of an inch in like the waist and hip measurement every week. So we do like a slow and steady wins the race yeah. approach. So, you know, they're dieting for about six months um, if they're going to do it correctly um, and have enough time to get lean enough. And then it's probably going to take about, like I said, it's about the equal of how long you've been in prep. You need about that to recover. Um, Anything to add on like the blood work or anything that I missed? No, that's exactly what I was going to say is the leaner you are, uh, the more time you kind of want to bank into your reverse because the more things are going to be a little bit off. So like I know for me, it took me seven or eight months to get my menstrual cycle back and for my hormones to get back to a place where they're in a good place uh, and my gut health, which was, I mean, I also think um, focusing on gut health by choosing uh, non-sugary foods will also help you as well too if you don't uh, I mean I feel like that was one thing that I kind of like sabotaged myself as well too it's, uh, just m- messing up your microbiota by like downing tons of like sugary foods so that's another thing to consider as well too um, and really uh, I think the blood work is a great way for people to kind of like see where their body is at and kind of hold them accountable as well so I like that you, we implement that for people. Uh, yeah, really the only other thing that, uh, just like focusing on or considering what you're talking about. So if you're talking about foods, uh, like, Oh, I can't wait till I can have brownies and a burger and I'm going to eat this. and I'm going to eat that. Like I fell into that habit a lot and it's, I've actually stopped that because it, the focus shouldn't be about those foods in the end. Um, and the more that you talk about those things, like people around you are listening. 
So I know for competitors, one of the biggest struggles when they're um, coming off of a prep is one, their, their biology is telling them to eat everything. But then your loved ones uh, hear that you're hungry and they hear all these things that you want to eat and you're excited about and they want to reward you as well. So if you're constantly focusing on those things or you're talking about that, they're going to put those things in front of you and it's just going to make it harder to make decisions that are going to be beneficial for your physique when you're like when your body's super sensitive. So um, just another thing to consider as well, like your own mentality, but also like how you're presenting yourself to the people around you that that care about you and want to celebrate you. Yeah. Try to always bring it back to what's going to give you the best energy. I like to talk about food in that respect. You know, what's going to give me the best energy? I I try to be careful now, but I I did make that mistake, uh, you know, when I was young in my competing um, days, I would talk about things and then it was like, yeah, my family was like, okay, well, let's, you know, go to this. And it's just some of the, some of the post-show recovery is getting away from food focus um, and stepping back from that because it's hard it's hard to have, you know, I mean, it is restrictive. It's a, it's a different lifestyle and it's, if everybody could do it, everybody would be walking around with ripped abs, but they can't. So it takes a lot mentally to get to that point, but just what it comes down to is have pride in yourself, have respect for yourself that you're going to nourish your body and talk to yourself in that manner. Um, you know, if your goal is to, lead a healthy lifestyle, then, you know, why were you doing this in the first place? Like with all of this, if you can, you can't even stop thinking about like the, the ice cream and the brownies and the cookies and all of that, uh, nonstop. Now everybody's human. Like, obviously we all like that stuff, but I think that if you can kind of bring in some like macro friendly alternatives to those things and just have Mm -hmm. them in daily, uh, so that you're daily, you know, enjoying those things without the added sugars. I think that too can help. Um, yes. Any closing thoughts on any of that, like tips to kind of get through that stuff? No, I think that's it. I think just focusing on your mentality, being prepared, um, and knowing what to expect, I think is like the biggest thing. So I'm glad we did this episode. Yeah, I am too. So we're we're coming close on episode 100. I can't believe it. It's been Woo-hoo! such a fun ride so far. I If you enjoy the show, please do us a favor and leave us a review or a rating. Um, if you are finding value in this, we would just sure appreciate it if you pass it on uh, to another, you know, whether it's a fellow competitor or somebody that would find value in this. And the best way for people to find us on iTunes is to leave a rating or review. It just helps with the algorithm so that people interested in the prep life can learn more. So with that, uh, this is, well, actually, I want to tell you, we are found on Instagram. So um, if you can, <laughs> leave us a DM or a comment if you if there's ever an episode, because we if we, if you want like an episode suggestion or something like that, obviously that can't be left in the comments. So on Instagram, if you DM us, we are at Prep Life Podcast at Glam Girl Bikini. This is your outro expert, <laughs> Anger, uh, Glam Girl Bikini Coach, founder and CEO, with my fabulous co-host. We'll eventually get it by, by episode 100. <laughs> 
And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.